It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This is your Times Daily World Briefing for Monday the 11th of July. I'm Steve Forbes. And I'm Emily Ferrier. Fifteen are killed in a mass shooting at a bar in South Africa. Bodies were on top of each other, with body tissues all over. We were looking for our loved ones. We had to jump bodies looking for our brothers. And Japan's elections continue in the wake of the former Prime Minister's assassination. Times of London Daily World Briefing. There's been carnage in South Africa, where 15 people have been killed in the township of Soweto after gunmen armed with rifles shot patrons in a bar in an apparent random attack. Footage shows dozens of people gathered around a police cordon of the area as emergency services carry body bags to the back of ambulances and forensics crews analyse bullet casings scattered across the ground. It happened in the early hours of Sunday at the Orlando East Tavern. Nine others were also injured in the Soweto shooting, which is just on the outskirts of Johannesburg. This woman witnessed the attack. Bodies were on top of each other, with body tissues all over. We were looking for our loved ones. We had to jump bodies looking for our brothers. Police say no motive of the attack has been established, but are ruling out that it's linked to another random shooting on Saturday, which happened at a tavern 500 kilometres south of Soweto in the township of Pietermaritzburg. Four people were killed there. Police said that in both cases, the unknown gunmen fled the scene and are now on the run, adding that it was not clear how many were involved. Faith Mazebuko is a member of the Executive Council in the Guateng province. The type of the, uh, uh, rifles that we used, which is the AK-47, really, really does uh, uh, injure a person in such a way that that person sometimes never becomes easy for them to actually survive. So it is confirmed now where 15 uh, people have passed on from this incident in Uza. South Africa is one of the world's most violent countries, with 20,000 people murdered every year, one of the highest per capita murder rates globally. 
Soweto is the largest of the country's black townships. They were the creations of white minority rule, which ended in 1994, but whose legacy of widespread poverty, youth unemployment and violence persists nearly three decades later. Japan's ruling conservative coalition has won a clear majority of parliamentary seats in the country's upper house in an election on Sunday. The result comes just two days after the assassination of the former prime minister and leader of the same coalition, Shinzo Abe, who was shot dead while campaigning for this election. The result will give Japan's current prime minister, Fumio Kishida, a mandate to revise the constitution and cement the country's military, which has been constrained since the end of World War II. Richard Lloyd Perry is the Times Asia editor. There were 125 seats, half of the seats in the upper house, that were being contested, uh, and they won uh, 63 of them, and then their coalition partner got a few more, so they they controlled 76 of them, which is pretty good, you know, decisive victory, but not the kind of overwhelming, huge wave of sympathy votes that, that you might have expected. Abe's goal to revise the constitution, solidifying the military's role, may be one step closer to realization with Prime Minister Fumio Kishida's victory. Mr. Kishida leads the ruling coalition and may make enough votes in parliament to move towards constitutional changes. Tetsuya Yamigami, the man arrested after allegedly firing a homemade gun at the former prime minister, said he had problems with an organization believed to be linked to Abe and made the decision to kill him, according to police. Anthony Blinken, the U.S. Secretary of State, is set to visit Tokyo on Monday to offer condolences over Mr. Abe's death. We saw in him something rare, uh, a man of a vision who had the ability to realize uh, that vision. But mostly, I came at the president's behest because more than allies, uh, we're friends. And when a friend is hurting, other friends show up. Mostly, uh, I thought it was just important to show our solidarity with our friend. Japan and the Japanese people in this difficult time. In the weeks preceding the elections, candidates gave speeches at train stations and shopping areas in their districts with little to no security. On the way, a seventh Wimbledon title for the World Tennis Number no. 1, and a year on since the largest protest in Cuba's recent history. Times of London Daily World Briefing. Protesters in Sri Lanka have said they'll continue to occupy the residences of the president and the prime minister until both leaders resign. The president, Gotabaya Rajapaksa, has confirmed that he will be stepping down on the 13th of July following the protests. Gotabaya and his brother, Prime Minister Mahinda Rajapaksa, have been blamed for the country's economic mismanagement, which has resulted in a stark food, fuel and medicine shortage. Ashwin Hamathagama, lobby correspondent for the Sri Lankan newspaper Daily FT, has been speaking to Times Radio. The pandemic came in and ultimately the entire country came to a grinding hold. We were unable to pay any of those uh, foreign debts, specifically the number of loans that we took from China for commercial rates and, of course, the bonds that we issued. Mm -hmm. So little by little... Uh, we lost our foreign reserves and technically we really don't have any foreign currency in our coffers anymore. The southern Indian island, which won independence from British rule in 1948, has been politically dominated by one family of brothers for years. 
Mahinda Rajapaksa became a hero among the majority Sinhalese people in 2009 when his government defeated Tamil separatist rebels after years of bitter and bloody civil war. Now an economic crisis has led to fury on the streets. Soaring inflation has meant that some foods, medication and fuel are in short supply. There are rolling blackouts and ordinary people have taken to the streets in anger, with many blaming Rajapaksa's family and their government for the situation. It's one year on since the largest protest Cuba has seen since 1959, when Fidel Castro took power. Cubans took to the street on July the 11th of 2021 to demand social and economic reform. In the year since the rallies, Cuban authorities have sentenced hundreds of people to jail time, charging them with everything from public disorder to sedition, causing activists to allege their rights are being violated. Carolina Barrero is a member of the San Isidro movement. After that, the surveillance and persecution of all forms of activism worsened. Civic space was further closed. The Cuban authorities try to avoid any form of public protest because they know that the slightest thing can trigger another July 11th. Over 140,000 Cubans have left for the United States since October, the largest exodus from Cuba in decades. Bert Hoffman is a Latin American expert at the German Institute of Global and Area Studies. Uh, many people have left over many, many years in Cuba. Discontent has left the country to a good extent. People tried to organize abroad. But to have a full impact, political impact, that needs protest articulation of discontent on the ground in Cuba. Between the migration and a crackdown on dissidents, the legacy and future of one of the boldest protest movements since the start of the Cuban Revolution is left in limbo. Cuba has accused the United States of infiltrating the July 11th protests, hoping to overthrow the government, an accusation that the United States has denied. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. With a roundup of the final day at the Wimbledon tennis tournament, here's Kane Reeves. Novak Djokovic says he had to battle to regain his mental strength to win Wimbledon for a fourth consecutive time. Djokovic was banned from the Australian Open earlier this year over his COVID vaccination status, something he says set him back. Well, uh, I mean, not to go not to go into too much detail, but you know, everything that has um, followed Australia has been a, a huge challenge and obstacle for me to overcome emotionally. Because I, I once I left Australia, I left that behind me, ready to move on, but then, you know, it wasn't that easy. Djokovic lost the first set to the first-time Grand Slam finalist Nick Kyrgios, but the defending champion hit back to win the next three sets and claim a seventh Wimbledon crown. He won 4-6, 6-3, 6-4, 7-6. It's his 21st Grand Slam singles title. The Times Daily World Briefing. Entertainment. Guitar legend Carlos Santana has postponed his next six shows after he collapsed on stage during a concert on Tuesday. Santana was taken to a hospital after suffering from dehydration and heat exhaustion following his performance at Pine Knob Music Theatre in Clarkston, Michigan. Santana's manager said in a statement that the musician was doing well and is anxious to be back on stage soon, adding that he needs time to recover. The tour dates will be rescheduled once he's feeling better. However, all shows planned from July the 23rd to the end of 2022 are still confirmed and will be performed as scheduled. And finally, a British jetpack company is giving its powers to paramedics to reach remote places across England. 
Gravity Industries is working with the Great North Air Ambulance Service to help the emergency services rescue people across the Lake District in northern England, in places where helicopters cannot get to. The suits have been in testing for the past few years, but if rolled out, would allow a paramedic to reach casualties in a much quicker time, with a 25-minute hike taking just 90 seconds by jetpack. However, with great speed comes great cost, with each jetpack priced at $440,000. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Monday the 11th of July. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.